G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there have been some major controversies around the issue of same-sex marriage within many of the church denominations that we may be a part of. When the definition of marriage changed and same-sex marriage became legal in Australia, churches were faced with a major dilemma putting pressure on Christian ministers over their clear understanding of biblical marriage between a man and a woman, or capitulating and allowing ministers to conduct same-sex weddings and the use of church facilities for same-sex weddings. Well, in one denomination, the Uniting Church of Australia, there have been particularly brutal results where whole church congregations have been threatened or even locked out of their church buildings because of their stance on traditional marriage. Whole congregations have reportedly been pushed, harassed and bullied out of their church by inner-city progressives. Within the Uniting Church, a secondary movement has emerged called the Assembly of Confessing Congregations. One of those has been the Tongan Congregation of the Uniting Church in Campsie in New South Wales, who've been locked out of their church premises since last year. Pastor Mafu Palu is joining us for an update on his understanding of what's happening to churches that hold tight to a biblical view of marriage in the Uniting Church. Mafu, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Mafu, take us into your story here. What was happening in the lead-up to you being locked out of your church building? So the thing was that after the approval by the Uniting Church Assembly of the same-sex agenda, that in 2018, there was a conflict between the Tongan language service in the Camp City Uniting Church and the minister, uh, because there were a number of issues before that. The minister is not Tongan, is it an Australian man? And uh, the council of the church has said that uh, he was very domineering, and every time he comes in with some proposals for the council, he does not. Uh, accepted when they do not approve of his uh, proposals. So there was a conflict between the minister and the church uh, leading up to the same-sex agenda debate in that assembly. But then after the debate was approved by the Uniting Church, then there was the issue of uh, doctrinal differences. And so on the basis of that, and uh, because of the previous conflicts that the church had with the uh, uh, this Australian man, who's the minister, they pushed for this minister to be moved over his tenure as the minister to be terminated and him be moved to another uh, congregation. 
the Presbytery of the United Church did not like that. Now, I came in to the story um, three months before we got locked out at the end of January uh, 2019, which is last year. I, I attended a conference of the Australian uh, Confessional Congregation that was happening in 2018 in the in the city here in Sydney, uh, in Western Mission. And there I met this group, uh, members and some of the council members of the Camps Uniting Tongan Language Service, and that came to the, to the conference looking to ask some of the Tongan ministers who were working for the Uniting Church to give them a hand, you know, to help them because they no longer want the Australian man to continue on as their, as their pastor. But none of the Tongan ministers who were, in fact, there was only one Tongan minister was, uh, who is still in the Uniting Church was there. Uh, well, he didn't really want to do it because he was afraid of all kinds of issues and because of the conflict between the Tongan group and the minister. So he was kind of afraid to take side. And I think um, it makes sense because the church, Uniting Church, do not want their ministers to be against them. So, Mafu, as I understand it here, you had some leadership issues that were going on in the time before the change of the marriage definition, uh, which was debated in the Uniting Church. But is it those leadership issues that are being blamed for you being locked out uh, rather than this doctrinal difference that you're talking about? And, of course, we're talking here about uh, a stance on same-sex marriage versus the traditional marriage that you hold to. So there are other issues in play here. Yeah, but I think the the whole thing was uh, accelerated by the by the same-sex uh, you know debate because you know once the church found out that the main issue uh, why the church wanted its minister to leave was because of the doc- doctrinal differences, they started blaming it on all these kind of things before and eventually turned the turned the table against the Tongan language service and started blaming them rather than dealing with the complaints because there were many complaints about this man physically pushing people, uh, I mean, three members of the church around in a meeting. So there was conflict before. So I wanted to be just to be clear and be honest about what was happening. There was conflict before, but I think it was accelerated by uh, this church stands on the same-sex gender issue. It's good to know that there were issues going beforehand, and so it's not yeah. just the one issue where action yeah. was taken. Uh, but yeah. your understanding is this is happening widely uh, throughout congregations, yeah. being locked out, and it comes down yeah. to a common denominator of their stance yeah. on traditional marriage. True, yeah. So it was when the... So our, our congregation, our congregation um, you know, they got... In and we decided we were going to go and become ACC members. And once we have decided to become members of the ACC, that was the Sunday before, uh, they locked us out. So it was, it was if, I mean, there was a meeting uh, in December where the church, a uh, presbytery of the church came in and they decided that we should become a um, congregation who is not member. If So if you want to become a member of the United Church, you will become a uh, 
a, a kind of a, a con- congregation in affiliation with Uniting Church first before you become a member. But see, because these people were already members for almost 20 years in the church, it was acceptable for them to be regarded you know, as non-members who are trying to be members. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do know what you're saying because yeah. what you're saying is that when you aligned with the confessing congregations, uh, yeah. There was some action that was taken that tried to downgrade your membership in the Uniting Church, but you're saying that's ridiculous because you'd yeah. been members of the Uniting Church, fully fledged members of the Uniting Church for 20 years. So then downgrading yeah. your membership uh, based yeah. on your affiliation with the confessing yeah. churches yeah. is what is what happened. Yeah. So we. So there was, you know, the exchange exchange of correspondence from uh, from the from the church council. Our church council of the presbytery, uh, in which we say that the, you know this is unfair because the constitution doesn't allow for us to become um, you know this kind of affiliation because we are we are members and then eventually they wrote uh, decided, you know saying they locked the doors and everything kicked us out and two of our members were in the compound during the day they were escorted out by security officers that they had paid for to leave the compound and lock. Up and therefore, um, there was no uh, kind of warning, like, a, a, you know, beforehand. There was no opportunity for us to go back and remove some of our musical instruments, some of the pots and stuff, plates that we use um, in the hall, church hall, for our meetings. Uh, and they're still there. So um, and up to date, there hasn't been any uh, opportunity, any more opening for us uh, and so they wrote to us saying that they have um, deleted the membership, they've terminated the membership of these people. But according to the Constitution, that I mean, so we were asking, so we took, before this happened, before we got kicked out, we took the matter up through Presbytery and then even to the Senate, uh, the, the church complained against the minister. But then, um, you know, they, all that they said, they they responded by uh, justifying the minister and the minister of life, just that the congregation is pretty bad and not listening to the minister and that sort of thing. And uh, so uh, when we when we took it to the uh, to the Senate, to the Senate committee, they, they did the same. They said, look, you know, there's no other ways of dealing with this. You've got to go back. And so when they locked up the church, they wrote to us, the members, say, look, you know, if you really want to come back to the church, you have to submit yourself under the authority of this minister. We want to train you on our doctrines, and we train you all kinds of teachings the church um, has approved of. So, I mean, for us, that is saying that they want to teach us about same-sex marriage. If you want to come back again, we have to comply with that. So that's why we refuse to go back. Okay, so so a refusal to go back because what they were offering was a conditional return to the Uniting Church if you go through a re-education program as to the new policies of the Uniting Church, look, there are 150 or so confessing congregations in the Assembly of Confessing Congregations within the 2,000-strong churches of the Uniting Church. And I guess we're letting people in on what happens in some of the internal politicking of what happens within a denomination here. But uh, I asked you a little bit earlier, you know, how broadly is this happening? You've heard of this happening to a whole lot of congregations. Yeah, so there were three three congregations up the central coast of New South Wales that got uh, shut out. 
and now there are only uh, some of the members have gone to you know the existing um, denominations up there, Bible believing denominations. And some who still want to hang around with the ACC, uh, they just started meeting once a month, somewhere in there. I'm, this is I'm told. And when we were last year in September, we were up uh, in Queensland for the ACC uh, annual conference. We were told before the end, three more churches up in Queensland were shut out the church building because of this. See, the trouble thing, Neil, is that there is no assistance even from uh, from the church, um, and even legally. Uh, we tried, uh, we consulted the legal um, team, and uh, I think they got discouraged because they couldn't see a way. In which, well, they told us that, that the thing is, if the, this matter will be taken to the court, they will, the Supreme Court will probably ask whether the church, the last suggestion came from a... Um, who said, look, you know, we have back and call a church council meeting and decide, because the Constitution says that the presbytery cannot close or shut down a church building. It's the deci- that decision belongs to the council. But you see, the presbytery, uh, George's River Presbytery, what they did was they dissolved the church council, uh, and then they set up their own council, you know, people who agreed with them. I mean, according to the the Constitution, they don't have the constitutional right to do it. So taking these people to court will not help our case. And uh, we've consulted a number of other uh, lawyers and stuff. And all they're saying, look, you know, the United States have too much power, they have too much money, and the government would not, even the courts would not want to be involved in a church conflict like this. Yes, well, what you've got is a church conflict that has been exacerbated by the idea of moving away from a biblical definition of marriage, and it's something we've talked about on this program before, and one of the tragedies in all of that is that it'll bring division within the church, and that's what it's done, even with the formation of the ACC, the Australian Confessing congregations. It's a tragic situation that has happened and I've heard it predicted by other commentators on this program before that there may be a split in the church into the future and we hope and pray that that isn't the case and that things can be resolved. But thank you so much for taking some time today to let us in on what's happening to your congregation and I know that after you were locked out you were worshipping on the streets for some weeks before you found a new venue, and I think you've found a new venue since then. Whereabouts are you meeting at the moment, Mafu? Yeah, at the moment, Neil, I, I wanted to finish with that, just, just to say to people, like, we are a growing congregation. We're worshipping at the Bedstow Anglican Church, and uh, I think the, the church building is starting to be small for us. So if any of your listeners will uh, have a building uh, that is free or can be rented out, uh, to a big group like us. So we have uh, more than 20 families, more than 150 people on the list, on the roll, the church roll. So, and, and we're growing. We have two services. We have a 3 p.m. Uh, service in Tongan language, and then we have a 5 p.m. Uh, service in English. And that the 5 p.m. service is growing, attracting a number of Tongan generations. That's the aim, is just to reach out to the second generation. Well, we offer ourselves to help out any congregation 
who will be in our situation and who would like some financial assistance to to, to begin. Do you know what I mean? Because one, when we were cut out, even the ACC didn't help us. We couldn't help us because they don't have the financial resources to, you know, to perhaps to rent a building for us to meet. So we were meeting uh, at a house church for about six months before we start. We're able to collect enough funds to rent the place that we are in now. Uh, so we are happy to help out uh, any of your listeners who are in our situation, but shut out and they're looking for a place to worship, but they don't have money to pay. Uh, you can give them our contact, my contact, and even our secretary in us contact and uh, to email us uh, for, for assistance. We want, we want to help people continue on worshiping God. Um, and what's the yeah. name of your church now, Mafu? Uh, it is called the Tonga Evangelical Wesleyan Church. Okay, so the Tongan Evangelical yeah. Wesleyan Church, 150 strong. These days you're meeting at the Padstow Anglican Church and you're on the lookout for a bigger venue. You're offering a helping hand to other Uniting Church congregations who've gone through something similar to you. Pastor Mafu yeah. Palu, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to update us on your circumstance and to talk about the sorts of things that are going on within the Uniting Church that has been, in some sense, torn apart because of this decision to support same-sex marriage. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.